Hey, what is going on? Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Welcome to another episode of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. Another big one for us here is Hopi and I had the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with one of the best in our game, New Zealand native Jerome Ramickey. Romy burst onto the international softball scene when he was just 16 years old and hasn't looked back. He's a seven-time ISCL World Selection, three-time ISC World Champ with the New York Gremlins, and of course has been a fixture with the New Zealand Black Sox for many years now. We're going to talk to Romy about getting a start in the game, playing for and telling us about the rich history of his club team PK, coming over to play on the ISC circuit at such a young age with Jarvis, those ISC titles with the Gremlins, and much, much more. This was such a great episode, hoping that we're pumped to have the opportunity to chat with such an awesome player in our game and an even better individual. Well, keeping the intro short and sweet this week, let's get to the episode. This is Outside the Shoot, and anything goes. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom. Could you, could you say that anything goes, anything goes, anything goes? Or should I say Mr. President? (laughs) Yes, thank you. President of Softball Nova Scotia, that is. Yeah, not the president of Hair Club for Men. That's right. (laughs) I feel like this is deja vu. (laughs) Okay, wait, wait. For those that... We we recorded an intro, but for some reason it didn't work. No, we didn't. And now we're just redoing it. And (laughs) that was awesome. Yeah. But no, man, congrats on President Thank you very much. I'm uh, I'm very excited to be part of that. um, kind of not running the province by any means, but having a group of people that uh, will be working with me and I'll be working very closely with them to try to promote our game more, get our game going a little bit better in our province and uh, hopefully it'll take place. A lot of work ahead of us though, obviously. Right on. And I mean, you, like the first time that we recorded this, you mentioned about you and Frage talking about the, the pitching situation. Yeah, so yeah, uh, an idea that Frage and I were talking about was to to actually have some pitching coordinators in different pockets of our province. So have somebody that uh, can teach pitching mechanics correctly in areas like Anaganish and Cape Breton and Halifax and Dartmouth and East Hans, in fact, Brookfield, wherever it might be, so that we have a pitching mentor that will actually, I mean, it's going to take some work, obviously, but, you know, if we can get some kids out one day a week for an hour and just go over pitching mechanics based on right from starting from scratch and from whatever age it is, too, and to develop those kids because... If we don't develop pitchers now, we're going to be in trouble. And that's always been a problem in our province is not having enough pitching. Right. So because we don't have the capacity, we don't have the 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 amount of people that like Ontario would have, for exactly. example. Yeah. Yeah. So have have different pitching coordinators in different pockets of the province that will actually help with development of pitching. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a huge goal, which I think would be very sick. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. We just have to get everybody on board because and as I said to you earlier, because <laughs> we're doing this for the second time. Um <laughs> One thing that was very apparent is our provincial program on the girl side, um, the pitching and hats off again to the parents that took it, you know, to try to teach it. But if you're not, if you're not knowing of the, the proper mechanics and you're trying to teach something, it's really hard for pitchers to develop. So we're really hoping to maybe get that off the ground and, and, and see what takes place. I haven't even had a conversation with the executive about it. It was just something that we discussed today. All right. Speaking of phrase, I, I did talk to Jeff today 
Uh, just to touch base on Kenzie, Kenzie's progress, and she is currently still in the hospital. Um, Brody did travel up yesterday to visit their brother, Brody Frazier. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, on his train ride from the airport to downtown, he got a call from his mom that uh, there's been a bit of a COVID outbreak in the hospital. So he was not allowed to be uh, in the room. Shit. Yeah, which That's is unfortunate. Us. Yeah. That's but us. he did get to see her last night uh, in the hallway for a very short time, which, uh, you know, it's still, it's good for both of them to see each other. Definitely. Brother, brother, sister love for sure. Yeah. Um, Kenzie is fighting a virus right now. Um, so when, with her bone marrow transplant, you know, you're basically with fighting the virus, you're not allowing the bone marrow transplant to do its thing. So, Let's hope that she gets through this very quickly um, and then gets back on the track of, you know, letting that bone marrow grow or whatever that goddamn it does in your exactly. body. Yep. And then she'll uh, be moving along. Yeah. So right. their hundred day mark was December 20th for them to return home. Um, as Jeff was saying to me yeah. today and, and Jeff said, you know what? There are bigger fish to fry than if I don't get home on December 20th, I don't get home on December 20th. Right. And exactly. we all understand that. Yes. 100%. Definitely. So anyway, prayers for Kenzie, anybody that's out there, just uh, shoot a prayer. And uh, we, we certainly hope that everything works out well for the Frazier family. And we're praying all the time and we love you guys and keep Definitely. plugging away. Definitely. Love you guys. Um, I want to touch on the Pan Am games here before we get to uh, Jerome Ray McKay, big guest. Um, man, Canada, US played today. Today's Friday, by the way, November 3rd. Yes. Uh, great game, 3-3 in the fifth. And then, you know, U.S. used their power and end up winning 8-3. But uh, they're going to play each other in the finals. Um, one thing that stuck out to me is the fact that 17-year-old Phenom there, Morgan Reiner, yeah. started for Team Canada. Crazy. Which, man, that had to be, uh, you know, pretty cool for her to get in there and... You know, that's amazing, man. She's 17 years the old. US. Yeah. But uh, one thing that I actually, I didn't get to touch on this when we first recorded is the game before Canada US, US played Puerto Rico. Yeah. Uh, Deja Mulipalo went four for four. I bet you she hit four home runs. And she hit four home runs. Jesus Christ. Eight that's RBIs. crazy. That's Unbelievable. Crazy. So yeah, quite, wow. a, quite a day at the plate for her. And then, yeah, the game against... Canada, they yeah. intentionally walked her the yeah. first three times. Then she gets up the fourth time and laces a single to left field and scores a run. So sounds I mean, like a Pat Burns situation. Really though, it does. <laughs> it does. But uh, yes, yeah, so like I just said, we have Jerome coming on. Um, oh, do you want to do oh, the? You want to talk on merchandise or? Yeah, we'll cover that at the end. Okay. Frigate, well, what I about mean, the Texas Rangers? No, we'll, let's talk about that at the end. All right. No, I'm just, You're really making this weird. Well, <laughs> it is what it is. We got to yeah. redo it. We got to get to Jerome, man. Remember the time we interviewed Greg Leather and then we had to interview Greg Leather again because we didn't interview Greg Leather? <laughs> <laughs> this is like deja vu. Yeah. Again. All right. I said deja vu the first time. All right. Let's get to Jerome. Yeah, we, we got to get to him. Romy. Romy. All right, here we go. We are happy to have on with us today seven-time ISEL World Selection, three-time ISE World Champ with the New York Gremlins, and New Zealand Black, Black Sox member, the one and only Jerome Ramake. Romy, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. No worries. Thanks for having me on, guys. How's things going down in New Zealand? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, we've just started our, our men's premier comp uh, at the moment. Um, and also just being uh, tied up with the, the new Black Sox uh, side of things moving forward. Oh, right on. Excellent. Uh, how, like, I mean, so you guys are just getting your summer going down there, right? Yeah, we've just we've just started. So we're probably only a few 
weeks in um, to, to our men's premier comp. So had a couple of rainouts, so only a couple of games uh, to date uh, for the start of the season anyway. Yeah, so you mentioned before we started recording, you might have did a little shoulder tweak, did you? Yeah, popped my shoulder ah. on Wednesday, so just got to nurse that a little bit. I mean, yeah, it's only early in the season, so just try and maintain it the best I can and, and move from there. How did you pop it? It wasn't putting your face paint on, I hope. <laughs> no, it wasn't actually. I was actually playing a, in a basketball league. Oh, wow. Wow. Jeez, hope you're, you're a former basketball player. You, yeah. you understand that too. I don't never like playing against thick guys like Romy, though. <laughs> Not at <laughs> all. Box you out and like really box you out. Yeah. So, how, how's, the, how's the team looking this season there, Romy? Uh, they look, yeah, very it's, good. It's PK, um, right? Lots of, yeah, so PK. So um, lots of youth, um, which is which is always a good sign, um, you know, to balance out uh, us old guys uh, playing now. So, um, you know, there's a good balance. Uh, we've got a couple um, that are starting their build-up to the, the junior worlds um, at the moment, and then we've got three that go to uh, American Samoa with the Black Sox tomorrow. So, yeah, no, there's a good there's a good balance uh, within the team, and then obviously uh, Thomas is still helping out with the coaching and things like that. So, awesome. yeah, no, it's a, <laughs> there's a wide range of of young players, and then one of the most experienced to play the game. So right it's, it makes for a makes for a good team. Now you you've always been with PK, correct? Yeah, so since I was yeah two and a half, so just basically where my my family's played so my grandparents both played for pk my mum my dad and then uh, my sister and i wow that's crazy so is a long history is loyalty like is that a big thing down there you know for for most or are you, or are you like a rare exception um i wouldn't say i'm a rare exception it is people some people have to make moves depending on their situation and clubs folding and things like that um I, i'd say that the majority of people tend to want to stay loyal, but I mean, some people live in smaller areas and need to to get out into the bigger cities to play right. better ball. So, you know, sometimes they don't have that option to sort of stay loyal to one team. Um, but yeah, I guess that's something that my parents always drilled into me um, in the long run and just, you know, you earn a, a sense of respect um, with yeah. staying with that one club through the whole way through and, We've had some tough times along the years uh, where we were sort of yeah scraping the barrel a little bit, but mm. we managed to get it back to you know consistent and and attracting players to come back and play again. I guess that's the main thing. Yeah, that's right. Nice. So how would uh, how would club ball compare, you know, down there compared to say a normal weekend play up here in North America with the Kremlins? Oh, it's it's a big difference. I yeah. mean. Over over the states and uh, North America, um, you've got the best of the best players from every country um, that you play against and play with every week. So, you know, we've got a lot of our Black Sox boys are all scattered through the teams. Um, and then you've also got the NFC players from Auckland, you know, Canterbury, Wellington that are all scattered throughout the teams as well. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a big difference um, in that sense. I guess when you're playing with the best yeah. of the best, yeah, true enough. We can be count. It's yeah, it's pretty difficult to try and compare that to anywhere around the world. I'd say yeah, probably makes rivalries down there though pretty good though. Oh yeah, we love love a good rivalry. Probably some um, of the tense games. <laughs> oh for sure, yeah. There's there's always and 
it generally is is the Black Sox players when they play against each other. Usually <laughs> tends to get a bit rowdy sometimes. <laughs> Actually, I remember you saying uh, when you were on Beyond the Dugout with uh, Chopper and, and Damien there, you mentioned it was there was a I'm trying to remember here. It was a with PK. It was a championship, and you guys were down by four going in the seventh, I think. And yeah, yeah, maybe can you touch on that game? Because I mean, that was that's pretty crazy. Like you know, the story I heard from you. Yeah, so that was uh, our own tournament. Uh, that was our inaugural PK tournament, uh, which is held over uh, the Wellington anniversary weekend. And uh, we were playing uh, Auckland United in the final. So Benny and Tommy and those guys. Mm. Um, and yeah, we were down by four in the bottom of seven. We loaded the bases and Thomas Cameron had a home run to tie it up. So he had a grand slam to tie it up in the bottom of seven. Then I think they scored two in the first tiebreaker in the eighth. And we we scratched two and then Thomas Markia had a walk-off home run. So wow. it was kind of <laughs> kind crazy. of set the Yeah, kind of set the presidents for that that tournament and obviously our club and, and they take a lot of pride in that and you know, trying to win our own tournament. But yeah, it was kind of one way to start yeah, sort of start that for that Wellington anniversary weekend. Oh, imagine. Probably a couple yeah. couple of drinks after that one. Yeah, there was definitely a couple into, <laughs> into Monday, Tuesday morning. Yeah. That's awesome. Man, that's crazy, though, being down by four in the seventh and then, you know, not only having to go back once, but having to do it again in extras. Like, that's just insane. Yeah, it's, it's it's always competitive. And obviously, we get we try and get the, the top teams uh, from around the country to, to come through to those tournaments. So, yeah, they're never easy. Um, then same as any other tournament, but yeah, just it's sort of it's sort of one that we try and target with a with our men's club team anyway. Right on. Well, let's go back to the beginning here. Uh, how did uh, how did you get your start in the game there, Romy? Uh, basically, I I followed my my mum and dad around. Really, um, they played um, yeah for for PK. Um, so my sister and I were kind of at the ballpark all the time. Um, yeah, we never really got forced to, to play or anything like that. We were just kind of there with a glove in bed. And yeah, we were actually talking about it the other night, actually. And my mum and dad would always get me to try and go down and, and watch games, which I absolutely hated. Um, <laughs> when, I was, uh, when I was younger, I just wanted to get out there, throw the ball around, hit the ball around with the rest of the kids at the ballpark. And yeah, so it was just really following my parents, really. Um, and, and yeah, we followed them and then we played. If we had to fill in, we filled in for their teams along the way. So that's really the kickstart. So when did you get your first action, you know, as far as what age were you at? On the men's side of things? Like, I mean, as a, as a kid growing up, I mean, when would you have first started playing? Like, Oh, so I first started playing when I was two and a half. Um, two and a half? Holy Yeah. God. It was just kind of, yeah, you were there. But we have, um, yeah, we have good junior systems here. So we had like tiny tots of sort of young, young kids where you just off the tee, tee ball uh, type. And then you just progress through from there. But yeah, two and a half was when I first started. Wow. Man, I, I can remember playing tee ball. Well, actually I can't, but... 
usually it's around four or five that yeah most part i think uh, like learn to play is four years old four i can't imagine i can't imagine having a two and a half no. that, two and a half especially year a two and a half year old with all that face paint on <laughs> <laughs> just scaring the shit out of everybody <laughs> that's great so I'm, I'm guessing that your your parents must have played a big role in your development there right oh most definitely mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, just just all the basic things like that, and um, yeah, mum and dad coached uh, my teams uh, when I was coming through, and then once they sort of finished uh, with me and had enough of me, uh, they started coaching uh, my sister's teams. So yeah, they they definitely sort of got all those all the basic skills and things like that, and once sort of progressed past that stage, they thought it was time to just sort of let me go and be with a different coach and different voice um so yeah no i think it was a blessing really and we kind of look back on that and, and think that was the best thing for me at that at that time right on right on now growing up down there is it uh is there a struggle like i shouldn't say a struggle is there the thing like you know having to decide between rugby and softball or, or are they yeah. different or are, are, are they played at different times or are they played at the same time they're played at different times so rugby's generally during the winter um, and our summer is, is softball. Uh, but, yeah, for myself, I'm not, I'm not sure with everyone else, but for myself was you kind of had to make a decision sort of around the ages between sort of 13 to 15 of where you, more, where you really wanted to go. Um, I mean, the pinnacle for rugby in New Zealand is, is an all-black mm-hmm. Um and yeah, those those chances are very slim. Um, even so, in softball, but I guess yeah, the the dream of becoming an All Black is is pretty much every Kiwi kid's uh, pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I sort of made the decision that you know softball was the the sport that I wanted to sort of actually push through with. Found that I was you know I could I could see a future in. Uh, so yeah, it was just basically sat down with probably my dad was probably the, the big one. And we just sat down and actually talked it out and said, you know, what are the pros and cons of this and, and things like that. And I basically chose that I wanted to just sort of push through a softball. Nice. Nice. So mm. what's uh, the sidebar here? What, uh, what's it like at an all blacks game? I can just imagine how <laughs> crazy that atmosphere. Speaking would be. of rugby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely um, yeah for us. I mean, it's it's pretty normal. I, I think if somebody was never been to a rugby game and they go to an All Blacks game for their first time, mm. yeah, the atmosphere is pretty crazy. Um, you know, the week building up to the game and things like that. So they they hype it up, but it is a it's definitely a different atmosphere, and especially when they win. <laughs> oh, no doubt. So it's almost like NFL here in in it. Well, yeah, in the states, probably really. not to. Probably not to that magnitude, but yeah, along the same lines okay. for sure. Right on. So, can you remember around what age you were when, like, you started thinking you may be able to go places with this game? Um, well, I guess the first time was that I really thought that it was outside of New Zealand was probably sixteen. Um, so, we just come off winning the. Uh, the men's open clubs, which is the the big club tournament here in New Zealand, um, and I was 16, and then I got selected to go on the North American tour uh, from there. So back then it was about three months that we did those tours. So we'd wow. go all over the place. It's just um, incredible. 
So, sixteen yeah, years old. Sixteen yeah. years old with the Black Sox. That's oh man, that's crazy. yeah. I was I was pretty lucky. Um, really, they they looked after me pretty well. My first roomie was Thomas Markia, so I was wow. I was pretty happy with that. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Happy and nervous at the same time. I bet. I mean, so well, tell us about that. I mean, like, imagine the life lessons learned that year. You know, must have served well moving forward in your career, <laughs> not just on the field, <laughs> but off as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. It, it did um, sort of teach you to grow up a bit quicker than probably expected. Um, but yeah, mum and dad, they had no worries around that. They knew that, you know, we were going to be looked after and there was enough people around there to look after me at such a, a young age. But yeah, you just kind of, it was just, the focus was just all, always playing and I played out of position and everywhere on that tour but just to be a part of it was you know something freakish we'd go to New York City and things like that and it was yeah it was just such a an experience really and then to play with the players that I played with was yeah it's definitely an eye-opener especially when you're playing with your your idols you know growing up those were the people that yeah that you just dreamt of wanting to be like did you have any issues with being homesick as a 16 year old? Cause I, I just remember being 16, although different situation, but like my kids at 16, there's no goddamn way they could leave home for three months. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Oh, I, I loved it to be fair. Yeah. You know, I, I was, a, I was away playing a sport. I love with the team. I, I dreamt to, yeah. to be a part of. Um, so, and I wasn't at school for three months. So I was a ah, good point. I was doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. how, how were the older guys on the team as far as, you know, you know, treating you? Um, I guess obviously first and foremost, they, they understood at what, what age I was. Um, and to be fair, the older guys had, you know, kids around the same age as me as well. So, wow. <laughs> um, you know, like, that was yeah. So Thomas was my first roomie. He was uh, our club coach at the time. Um, so he he had young kids as well. So I mean, it was probably more a burden on him than, than it was on me. Really. <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> so Peter Rona was on the team as well, wasn't he? Yeah. So we were we were the young fellas on on that team. Um, so yeah, we've sort of you know played all the way through right. um, against each other, and then the juniors together, and then now still playing against each other, and in the Black Sox um, wider squad these days. Excellent, excellent. So you know, going on that North America tour was that obviously was that a stepping stone for getting over here to play in North America? I assume with Jarvis. Yeah. So that that was sort of the the first point of call. Um, they, yeah, so that was, I think it was, um, yeah, I think there were some conversations with um, a few of the older boys on that Black Sox team um, that were tied up with them in the past mm. that, um, yeah, sort of passed on there and they seen me play against them and whatnot. So, yeah, that was kind of the, the breakthrough and, um, yeah, I guess just, just grateful for that really because uh, the second year that I came over, which would have been, I think it was, 2012-13 season, they wanted me to stay for the ISC and play. Mm-hmm. My parents said, no, you got to come back and finish school. And the finishing school part didn't go too well, and they ended up winning the ISC. So I thought, oh, no way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's so, uh, But it's all part of the path. And, yeah, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Yeah, yeah. That, that is true. That is very true. So how did, uh, you know, you come over in, in 2013 – 
your first ISCs. What uh, what do you recall about that? I just yeah, I, I remember just the the quality of of ball being played every weekend. There was no no slouch in pitching. Um, yeah, your head's always be on your A game because it didn't matter who you were playing against; you could get tripped up at at any time. Um, and yeah, I just I I love those tight tight games um, for those sort of one percent of moments in them. So that's that's one thing. And and when you're young, you just you don't think about everything else; you just play. Mm. Um, so it was actually a blessing, really, that you're not thinking too much about it. You just play to the best of your ability and and everything sort of falls into place from there. Because you were you would have been eighteen playing with all those guys on Jarvis. Yeah, so yeah, I was wow. I just turned eighteen before I, I came over. So yeah, we had some yeah, we had some pretty freakish players, um, to be fair, and they'd just come off the back of the, the three piece. Three so yeah, so wasn't, it wasn't wasn't an easy task. <laughs> I think that was it. Did that twenty thirteen, did Donnelly Archibald play with you on that? 2013? Yep, he played with us. Yep. Right. Nice. Archie. Yeah. Archie's he's a good friend of ours. He yeah. played with the mascots yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good man. I like Archie. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, what was it like? I mean, being 18 and going into that team who, like you said, on the back end of a three-peat. I mean, that must mm. have been... Was there any pressure for you personally to go in there and perform? I, I guess... Not, not from the team itself, right? Um, and and myself, I didn't really think about that because I wasn't a part of you know those three peaks, right? I guess, I guess there's sort of a little bit of you, you worry about you know the outside people going, oh, this eighteen year old yeah. kid's coming into a team that's won a three peak, you know, and and I guess in in a competitive way, I, I wanted to shut them up as well um, to say that you know I could I could perform at this level and and things like that and always uh, enjoy trying to prove people wrong um and, and there was definitely a lot of backlash around it and mm. i'd heard all about it but i didn't really care about it i just wanted to play and play hard and let the results set the talking Did, didn't you hit a home run your first at bat yeah. yeah, that's like a that's giant shutting them up. Fuck you, moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking 18. Like, say whatever the fuck you want. I'm hitting yeah. a bomb. <laughs> that's uh, that's awesome. Like, that has you know that had to be gratifying, though. You know, fuck, I guess. just stepping up there and wasn't it off one of your former teammates? Yeah, it was. It was off one of the boys from from home and. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was one thing wow. getting all the, the stick before you get to the tournament. Then you get put at lead off and then everybody's going off at the park as well. And then you hit a home run and you're like, wow, yeah. well, I don't know what else I can do. I can't hit two home runs in one at bat. So. <laughs> yeah. Just shut your mouth. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Now, did I hear like on, you were on Beyond the Dugout, of course. Did you hear, did you actually not meet Doc Simmons until his Hall of Fame induction that year? Yeah, that was that was the only time that I that I met Doc. I'd had you know plenty of conversations and and whatnot, but yeah, ne- I'd never met him until we got inducted. That's crazy. Um, but he so, was making the lineups and everything. Yeah, of course he was. So <laughs> yeah, no, obviously, yeah, we just we never actually yeah crossed paths before then. Uh, but obviously, lots of conversations in the background. So yeah, that was the first time that I'd actually met him. Wow, that's crazy. So what? Uh, what do you? What's? What do you remember about Doc? Because I mean, he's such a legendary guy in the game. Yeah, for sure. Um, very, very passionate. 
Um, and definitely had his set ways of of doing things. Um, yeah, but he it was it was good. He actually sort of gave me a, a free reign to sort of, you know, be myself um, and and express who I am, and and never sort of, you know, tried to make me somebody he wanted me to be. Right. Like he basically told me that he he picked me for the way that I play, um, and that he enjoyed that style of playing and he didn't really want me to change. So yeah, had a, had a very good relationship with Doc and, and yeah, really enjoyed my time there. Man, you gotta love that as a player, not having to change yeah. at all, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's probably the easiest way to sort of, you know, come into a new team and, and you get sort of that, that free reign in a way. Right on. Um, got to jump back to the Black Sox here. 2015, your first world yep. cup. What was it like getting the call that, you'd be representing your country in Saskatoon. Cause I mean, you know, one thing is a North America tour, but another thing is, you know, going to a world cup. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was a dream come true really. Um, you know, there's a saying in the, in the black socks that, uh, is sort of, well, for myself anyway, is that you don't really become a black socks until you go to a world series as a black sock. And that's just kind of, you know, anybody can go on a tour, but uh, not everybody can be picked to go to a World Series. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, it was definitely an emotional time for for me and my family. You know, they've given up a lot, you know, just to support me and to get me to that point. Um, and they actually travelled over there to watch me, oh, nice. um, which was big for us. So yeah, my mum, my dad, and my sister. Uh, with me, did they get that Canadian uh, hospitality or, or? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and then yeah, my uncle was with us as well. So, um, well, the thing was, I'd played uh, with Jarvis, and then at that time, I think it, we'd moved to the Twins. So a lot of um, our club team boys from over there, their uh, families were there as well. So um, it was a good time for for my family to meet theirs at the same time. So, Excellent. you know, there was like the Furmans and and things like that that um, they'd been talking, you know, about the games and via the live streams and things like that. They'd actually got to meet in person. So, nice. yeah, you, you don't realize how much of a family it is between the players, but then the families that are watching the players on live streams and that, and they actually get to meet each other. So, yeah, made for a, an extra. Uh, special special event. Awesome. So, what do you what do you remember most about that event? <laughs> Apart from losing it, <laughs> um, and we can't, yeah, we well, can't, we're not allowed to bring up the three home runs. Yeah. Well, that's just. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it happened. Yeah, know, it did. <laughs> that was yeah. It's probably one of the most freakish um, individual. Uh, yeah, yeah, games or performances that that I'd ever seen, and unfortunately, I was just on the on the receiving end of it. So um, that's, I mean, the whole occasion and, and getting to that point at, at your first, you know, Worlds is it kind of set that standard and and what it actually takes. You know, we'd got to the final game, and then we we pulled up short. So. I guess that that learning from that is is something, uh, but yeah, that that freakish individual performance definitely can't can't go out the way. Who was it, Hopi? I'm not gonna say. Lolly. Lolly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was... Well, it, aside from you guys losing that, that's still probably one of my favorite ever <laughs> times in softball history. It's like a freakish yes. event that you probably will never see again. 
ever yeah, ever happened. Most definitely. Which that's, should have, that's what I mean, we've mentioned it on here. It should have got like national attention here in Canada. Yeah. But it yeah. didn't. You know what I mean? No, like, it should yeah. be like yeah. plays of the year type. Freak. Anyway. Anyway, should fuck you, Wally. That's what it should have been. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, personally, for you being at that event, you know, yeah, at, such a, at such a young age, obviously there would have been, you, now that you look back on it, was there a lot of stuff that you, like, took from that event that you're like, okay, this will be helpful, you know, down the road for me? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, obviously, the last game is, is a lot of learnings there, and still haven't been able to to get over that line uh, yet. Um, so, I mean, going to the event itself is, I guess, there is sort of pressure in and around it. You know, you're playing for your country, you're playing for your family, um, and I guess there is somewhat of an expectation with with this legacy of the Black Sox. So, there's definitely a lot that is taken into those but I went in sort of the way that I went to to North America and I started terrible in that tournament <laughs> I went probably over in the first I might have got one hit in three games then I got benched and then I made a late run towards the end <laughs> that actually didn't actually turn out to be too bad but I sort of had to get out of that rut and, and actually just sort of go back to the basics of things again right yeah. Sometimes that's, yeah, so, that's what it takes. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a learning on the on and off and and obviously the results as well. So there was lots of learnings along the way um, beforehand and then obviously after the results itself. Excellent, excellent. Um, twenty seventeen was a year I'm guessing you'd like to forget. <laughs> uh, yeah, ACL injury. Yep, yeah, I done my tore my ACL and, and meniscus. Um, so how'd that happen? Yeah, that was. Uh, we were playing a uh, preseason tournament uh, down in Nelson and just a uh, pass ball, went to run home. The ball came straight back to the catcher, went to stop, and my knee just locked up and my oh, weight shit. went one way and just twisted on it. So ah. at the time, I, I didn't realize that I'd, I'd done it. Um, so it basically blew up from pretty much my thigh all the way down to my foot, and I thought, oh, you know, it'll just spit a swelling, it'll go down and we'll be all right because it was only the Saturday that I'd done it. And then on the Sunday, we had a guy broke his finger so he couldn't hold a bat, but I could hold a bat. Um, but he could run, so I still had to play the next day because of our numbers. So I'd hit and then just get to first base however I could and then he'd come and run for me. So, Jeez. <laughs> With a torn ACL. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, so... I just strapped it up and and just did the best that I could. And then I got home and uh, I said to my mom, yeah, injured my knee. I'm not too sure what it is. And she looked at it and she goes, I think we need to go get that checked out. And, you know, me being me, no, it'll be all right. You know, the swelling will go down tomorrow. Yeah. So we're to training. Mom's no best. The, yeah, yeah. Go and see the physio and um, she's like, oh, I think it might be the ACL. And uh, my sister had already done two before then, two ACLs. So uh, we had a fair idea of sort of what the next six to nine months was <laughs> a year going to take. So, yeah, it was a um, good learning experience um, for sure. Um, I hate being stuck inside in the first place. Um, How hard was the <laughs> rehab for you? 
Uh, the rehab was was tough. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's it's not so much the physical side of things you can kind of push through that, but the the mental side of things of being stuck inside and you know limited to what you can do. Um, yeah, I hate being stuck inside at the best of times. Um, but yeah, the day after I had surgery, I was actually coaching a kids team um, from our from our PK club. So I get out of surgery one day, then the next day we're up at the park and I'm coaching on my crutches. Um, so <laughs> wow, <laughs> we actually won, so it was worth it. Oh, uh, there so you go. Yeah, so yeah, just yeah, the it was it was very tough mentally, um, and yeah, I don't wish it upon anybody because it's yeah, it's a terrible place to be. Yeah, was- especially especially when you're sort of coming through it. You know, I can't you know think. The only worst thing that could have been is if if I was any younger, um, you know, trying to come through that um, and that confidence of things and not having sort of those life skills and life lessons, um, you know. And I was pretty lucky I had the support of my family around me. um, Right. Which they were pretty sick of me after about two months, (laughs) let alone six or eight. So, yeah, Yeah, for (laughs) sure. So happy to see me playing again. So I'm not moaning all day. I bet. I bet. So, uh, missing Whitehorse had to be, you know, a little bit tough, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, missing any any event like that is is always tough, uh, especially after just falling short in uh, 15. You know, it was just, you wanted to get that one step up. And that was always the the goal in mind and sort of the, the driver um for that next season and yeah I guess it just it wasn't meant to be and I was still there you know supporting the boys um I might have taken the day off work uh, to watch the final uh, <laughs> of course but, uh, <laughs> but um yeah it was uh, that was that was another freakish game in itself or oh, was it ever holy game. Jesus I get the game in yeah. Canada was just stupid oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. yeah so i was yeah watching every game you know whether we were at home or at work you'd have it on the other monitor going and yeah yeah so i was it was awesome to see and, and you know obviously not being a part of it was was tough but um i was pretty lucky because uh we had a mental skills coach at that time where we kind of planned if I was, you know, to get back and be healthy to play, then that was one route. And then if things went pear shaped like they did, then we had a we had a plan set for that as well. So I wasn't so much of a, a mental hit in a way. So That's we good. kind of planned out both scenarios and, and and planned that way. So but yeah, definitely supported the boys the whole way and yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Nice. <laughs> the way nice. that, that finished. Yeah, it definitely. Now I heard you men- mention the the mental coach before on Beyond the Dugo. What uh, I always wonder, like, what is the process there with the mental? Is he just a guy like to to talk to at any time? Yeah, pretty much. So the um, a lot of them, you know, they come in with their specific role, um, but you sort of create these these personal relationships uh, with people, and I mean. The best ones are the ones that are more your friends than your mental skills coach. Um, they actually create that, that personal bond with you. Uh, nice. But, yeah, they're there to just basically help you through anything, really, whether it be work, um, at home, on the diamond. Um, so it, it actually gives you a, a solid balance, and they give you a different look at things because it's not all what happens between the four <laughs> between the four lines isn't necessarily, you know, what is – it's, it's a balance between everything 
that actually contributes to what the performance is, you know, between those four lines. So it was it was a big part for me, especially going through that that injury um, and it being so long. So yeah, no, it was, it's definitely um, it should be highlighted more than it probably is, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think yeah. a lot of teams should have uh, mental coaches. Really, I mean, that especially in today's oh, makes world. sense. My God, yeah, Frick, God. That's what I mean. Is we've got all this technology and, and all these um, people that are specific in these places, and I don't know if we use it enough, to be fair. Yeah. Like you said, it's not just between the lines. It's the mental aspect of it, your home life, your relationship life. You carry all that onto the ball field. You need somebody to talk to that, you know, to talk to somebody about that or those issues. Mm. Yeah, that's what I mean. And yeah. if you can try and, you know, keep those to a minimal it's never going to be perfect, no. perfect everywhere no. but if you can keep them to a minimum then it gives you the best chance to perform between the lines so For sure yeah absolutely so you make the jumps to uh new york gremlins in 2018 big mistake <laughs> <laughs> how did that <laughs> yeah big mistake yeah, huge. Wow. Uh, how did that how did that move all take place uh, so basically that was, uh, coming off the back of, uh, of injury, um, actually. So, um, came off injury and I actually came off the list, the prawn list, uh, that year just before. So I was pretty much, um, off the list now and the Grimmans were looking to make a change. I mean, they were, I, I understand that they would have been pretty, um, how would you put it? They would have been a bit skeptic of me coming off uh, injury, um, such a serious injury, like um, could come over there and do it again. So right. um, yeah, there was some, you know, conversations that were made um, before then. Um, I'd got back and I was playing in New Zealand um, pretty much week in, week out um, after I pushed my <laughs> I pushed my rehab um, and got back to play within about six months, which is generally early, but little head. I, I think yeah. so. Couldn't, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't wait any longer, so I started playing again, and then yeah, basically just managed to yeah. I basically I was looking to I wanted to see what the team makeup was like and who else was going there, who else they were targeting. Um, so there was lots of phone calls between uh, Benny Anoka and myself because um, we were the ones that they were looking to get, and then. We basically both signed within about 10 minutes and said, yep, we're both keen to go. And we played a lot together overseas, um, you know, during that time with the Black Sox. So made things a little bit easier in that transition. Now, well, obviously the move paid off pretty quick because, I mean, you and the Gremlins won your first ISC World title that year. Uh, maybe walk us through that and how special that was for you. Yeah, that was that was probably, yeah, the highlight. Um up to, to that point, that was probably the yeah, because I, I think it's still the the toughest only because you've got the best of the best uh, in every team, basically. Um, but yeah, we we had a bit of a run there um, that that week, to be fair. Um, but we just had a we had a really good balance, um, and I mean, cheese was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, he was that okay. whole week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, but that was, yeah, one of the freakish, it was so easy playing behind that, but then he said that it was all down to us, but I'm like, <laughs> when you've got your pitcher, you know, not giving up very many, 
it, it definitely gives you that confidence. And yeah, we had a run there. So yeah, it was it was um, yeah crazy when you don't know what that feeling is like of, of winning one. Yeah. Um, you kind of don't realize it till the second one, really. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they say winning back to back is tough, but I mean, that second one for you guys in in 2019, it's almost like you guys knew it was inevitable. Oh, we never, we never really thought that. It I was... shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. I meant later on the tournament, like early on, it's tough. But I mean, you guys get got rolling there, like later on in the tournament, and then you got in the finals, and it was just like, eh, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, we we had a couple of moments there though that um, sort of we talked about after they happened and sort of brought us, you know. Back to back to level again because we were playing. I think it was in the one one. We played the snappers in nineteen, and it was five nil, and then it was five four, and then right, we yeah. came back and I think we had back to back to back home runs, and then a walk off home run. So it was, yeah, there was some you know times in there where things could have changed, and I guess we never really talked about you know blowing people away or anything like that. We always had to keep our guard up and, and make sure that we get the job done. So you guys could hit home runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We went back to yeah. back to back and then yeah. we hit another two. <laughs> another walk off. <laughs> another walk off. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome. So, I mean, I mean, maybe touch on the New York Gremlins organization a bit. Cause I mean, that's a special group you have there, eh? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I guess it all, it all starts at the top with, uh, with um, Bruce and, and Greg um, there, and um, yeah, I've never met Bruce either. So <laughs> to this day, can, yeah, to this day, I've what? never met Bruce either. So I'm hoping that I can uh, meet him uh, in January over at the Fort Myers tournament. Uh, so hopefully he's down there. Um, but yeah, from him and, and Greg Leather, um, yeah, I think first of all they're just they're amazing people. Um, not so much, you know, just looking at it from a coaching point of view or an organization point of view. They're, they're genuine people that actually care about you as people. Um, mm-hmm. And the byproduct of that is just basically as a, as a ball player, it gives you that comfort level that they have trust in you and you have trust in them. And, yeah, all the boys are basically like that. But to be fair, there's no secret recipe um, or anything like that. We just – we get along really well with each other, um, enjoy each other's company, and, and to be fair, we have a lot of fun along the way. Can't imagine, like the fact that Nick McCurry's on that bench. I can't see why you would not have fun. That, that <laughs> oh, guy is a sure. legend. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, he, he kind of keeps everything. Yeah, there's there's lots of people in that in that environment and organization that keep it sane. And you know, you go from people. Like uh, Wayne Laulu, that's played with us, who brings so much energy and Zen and Winters and those guys, and then you got guys that barely say anything and they just do their job by their actions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, real good balance. And and to be fair, there's a good balance of of uh, youth and experience there now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you guys mm-hmm. are set up pretty good uh, to you know going forward. But I mean, it seems like everybody else is you know, gunning for you guys, obviously after winning again to. this year, but uh, as far as you see it from an ISC level is the, is the parody getting there? It, it was always you guys and Hill. Now there's, you know, 
five or six stompers, other teams. Bear Creek. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not stompers anymore. So drillers, drillers. But it, it must be as a player, it must be better to you know have that better competition. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, yeah, we were. I mean, there was, there always will be, and always has been that that rivalry with uh, with Hill United. Um, but yeah, with with having so many more teams uh, that are likely um, to you know slip into that, and, and like the last one, we got knocked over, knocked over early. Um, yeah, you know, so there's yeah, you can never sleep on on those teams when you have got the best of the best players. Um, and yeah, definitely makes it a lot more uh, interesting, especially when you get sort of to those latter stages of the, the ISC crossovers and things like that, and where you could potentially end up. And it wasn't part of our plan to sort of fall short in that game, but it, it happened. And yeah, we just, it was probably a kickstart we needed, really. Well, I never even actually, I don't even have this written down in my notes, but I, it just dawned on me. The fact that you have a kid named Jack Beskrove pitching for you i mean yeah he's okay <laughs> yeah it throws him all right yeah he's a yeah at 19 he's a, he's a freakish talent um that i think is only gonna get better um along the time i mean yeah yeah he, i think he just brings something something uh, different i mean he's a lefty to start um yeah. he's not the tallest you know man in the world but man he can yeah, you can do some freakish things. I, like I, I mentioned on here before, he's almost like a combination of cheese and Adam at the front. Mm. You know, like he's a lefty like cheese, but he's got Adam's, I don't know what it, you know what I mean? Like it's just kind of weird. Friggin' Aussies. Yeah, that velocity. <laughs> yeah, that velocity and inside of things. Yeah. He is almost like a hybrid of the two, to yeah. be fair. Yeah. And his ball yeah. flat out moves. It moves. Yeah, it yeah. does. It's yeah. crazy. It's nice to play behind. Not well, many people I bet. Touch it. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> and like the year he had, I mean, freaking U23 World Cup, men's yeah. World Cup, and then ISC World Champion at 19 years of age. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know if many people can say they've they've done that and no. and, and saying that it's you know over that that time period that he'd done it as well um, was yeah that that could probably go down as mm. um, in the history books that somebody may not ever do again either. No, that's true. That's true. Um, another thing before we get to uh, player association the to end the the podcast here, I got to ask about uh, last year's World Cup at home. How cool was it to uh, to play that on home soil? Soil. Yeah, it was it was it was definitely um yeah, it was it was awesome, you know, to have your, your family and friends there. Mm. Um, you know, obviously by the result. Um <laughs> you know, to to have that support of your, your family and friends there, um and, and the country itself and you know, to get some good coverage on, on softball uh within New Zealand and the community itself um was, was awesome. Um yeah, always tough to talk about it when you when you end up where you end up. Yeah. Um, oh, for yeah, sure. They're all sure. they're yeah. all learnings um, along the way, and that's sort of where this this next group uh, and the Black Sox are just you know we're looking to start afresh and and go from there. And a lot of us had never played at home to be fair at a World Series. Um, I think the only one would have been Benny. I think was the only one that oh. played in thirteen. Oh, that's right. Uh, Tommy yeah. played. Tommy played for Samoa, um, but. Uh, yeah, I guess there's there's pros and cons, and you know you think that oh we're playing at home, it's a familiar place, and but the World Series brings such a different 
uh, atmosphere and uh, different pressures along the way. And when you're not performing, you seem to, you know, press a little bit more um, to sort of have those expectations or people's expectations of, of your results. So, yeah, definitely learnings along the way. Right on. I remember something about the tournament. I'm, I'm just wondering, did they ever find the ball – that you hit off of that South African pitcher. I was going to, yeah. <laughs> Holy sovereign Jesus. That thing, when I saw it, like when you watch it live, it's like, holy, that's a bomb. But then when you watch the replay of it, yeah. holy fuck, that's a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, my the funniest thing is my old man actually was standing out there. He grabbed it and put it in his bag and brought it home. Oh, oh no nice. way. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's, so, that's awesome. I, I didn't realize this until, you know, we'd got home. Yeah. And he gives me the spoiler. I don't, want this, I don't want this bloody thing. It's, it's the one you hit against South Africa. It's the one you hit 570 uh, feet. <laughs> yeah, so. Jesus, yeah, that was I didn't realize until I got home. Ah, that's cool, though. Shit, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So how's, what's, uh, you know, the future of the Black Sox, as far as you're concerned, how's, how's it look? Oh, definitely, definitely promising. Um, you know, we've still got... Um, well, I'm kind of in that older <laughs> that older group now compared to the that's right the kids coming through. Um, but yeah, they well the first step is uh, the qualifiers um, that they head away for tomorrow uh, in American Samoa. So um, there's a good balance there between um, you know the youth and inexperience there um, as well. It's a good chance for uh, guys that have been involved in in the Black Sox program for a while to sort of um, take those those leadership opportunities. Yeah. Um, so um, it's good. You know, there's, um, you know, myself, Benny, um, who have just played, you know, 10-odd weeks overseas um, that are just, you know, they don't want to burn us out either. Um, so it gives, you know, lots of these guys opportunities to go over there and gives Thomas and the, and the coaching staff, um, you know, a look at them as well. Um you know, to give them an opportunity to play at an international level. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think it's it's only beneficial for us in the long run um, because, you know, you can ride the same team for, you know, tournaments on end, but if someone falls over at the end, then yeah. what do you do from exactly. there? So, yeah. yeah, we've got a, you know, we've got a clear focus and what we want to do moving forward. And, you know, Thomas talked to me, you know, one in advance and just said that, probably not going to take you to American Samoa. And I think he expected me to, <laughs> um, to be a bit, uh, disappointed with that. But I, I said, look, if this is the vision that we're going with, I'm, I'm all for it. And I'm going to buy in and I'll, I'll back you, you yep. know, 100%. Makes sense. So definitely. yeah, it's, um, it's definitely, you know, a turn of the page and yeah, we just got to, you know, try and, find what best suits us and yeah so we've already had um a team camp uh battery camp and uh, infield outfield um and at the moment a lot of us guys that are just staying at home are just supporting the guys uh, that leave tomorrow so yeah it's it's been uh, yeah a good positive start and you know the you'd think that you get a little bit of a break but uh <laughs> we're pretty much straight back into the the swing of things with our new zealand season and the black Sox commitments right on so when when does that start the Americans uh, so they so they leave New Zealand tomorrow and then I think they've got a couple of days and then they start that qualifier with Australia and American Samoa. Okay. Right on. Yeah. So is it Saturday where we're talking right now? It's Saturday for yeah, Saturday morning. Yeah. yeah. Saturday morning, right. Yeah, that's fucked yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Tuesday afternoon here. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Right on. Okay. 
little thing to end the podcast here with Romy uh, Player Association. I'm going to throw out some names to you. If you if you have a funny story, let her fly. If not, you know, just maybe touch base on on what they've meant to you, you know, along yep. your journey. Uh, first one, friend of the show, Jared Martin. Um, one of my idols uh, growing up, um, probably one of the most naturally talented players I'd ever seen. Um, got to play with him uh, as a youngster. Um, yeah, one of my idols, really. Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He could hit. <laughs> yeah, he could hit a ball. He could hit a ball. Uh, next up, I have another friend of the show, Cheese, Andrew Kirkpatrick. Uh, just uh, pretty much the, the ultimate professional, uh, really. Um, as good of a player as he was, he was uh, an even better man, um, you know, father, husband. Um, but yeah, just the ultimate competitor. Um, never, ever wanted to let anybody down. Um, and would always do anything for his teammates. Nice. Uh, two more here. This next one. I know we're going to get some laughs. Var Matiosian. <laughs> uh, me, me and Varmi actually got a really good relationship so it makes things easier um, but he he definitely he brings something different <laughs> uh, to, to a team aspect um, but he, he he'll tell you when you do things good but if you don't he'll let you know as well um, and I, I like that about him yeah. um, is that he's, he's pretty black and white you know, and he'll praise you when you've done good things and and <laughs> even when you don't. Um, but always a laugh, um, a big fun factor and is, is like the glue of our team, uh, really, with, with the Gremlins. Well, what's funny is I reached out to Varn before, like I knew we were going to be talking and I, I reached out to him because we talked back and forth and uh, I asked him if he had anything on you. So <laughs> he sent me a, a few, few uh, things here. So I'm going to read them. Uh, one was, he's got an elbow guard from 2012 that falls off his arm every time he swings and refuses to get a new one. It's comical every at bat. Okay, what's going on uh, with the arm guard? Yeah, I've just always, I've always had it. Um, it's actually, it's actually one of those Evo shields, um, and part of the pad is is broken. Um, so. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels comfy, but I think I just need a new strap. To be fair, it oh, just okay. comes off every time. Well, I don't have an in-between swing, so it's either all or nothing. And yeah, sometimes it just it comes off. All right. So another another point he made said, "Always has long hair like a mullet." Showed up this year with frosted tips, looking like a basket of French fries out of the back of his hat all season. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No comment. I just, well, it works. So I might as well keep it. There you him. go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And another one, he said, when golfing, he's retu- re- retu- uh, routinely mistaken for one of the groundskeepers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we had, we had a few good games there. We, well, they, we played, yeah, we played quite a bit, uh, to be fair, uh, this season. But yeah, we got out for a couple of rounds at, at tournaments and things like that but 
Yeah, we'd always go for a good laugh for sure. Well, oh, he did you. make two other good points. So he said, plays great with us because we let him play and lead and best hitter in the biggest spots I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot. So that's awesome. That's going a long way. Yeah. Thanks, Bobby. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, compliment from Vermi. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to get Vermi on here. Actually. I know. Uh, let's end it with, of course, Thomas Macchia. Yeah, so pretty much, yeah. Growing up, it was, uh, yeah, him and him and Jared were my my two idols. Um, growing up, and then I was lucky enough to play with both of them at, at the same time in the same club. Um, but yeah, being a massive uh, role model uh, for me growing up. Um, also, the ultimate professional that never really used his words. It was always actions um, as a player. Uh, but now as, as a coach is kind of going the other way since he can't use his actions of uh, making a difference anymore. Um, but, yeah, no, we, we have a really good um, friendship and relationship now, um, you know, playing club. Um, and then was provincial and, and, and now on the Black Sox side of things. Um, but, yeah, he was kind of that that generational player when we were growing up uh, that was doing things overseas and in, in New Zealand uh, for the Black Sox that was, you know, everyone wanted to be, uh, you know, like Thomas. Um, yeah. Yeah. Massive driver for Māori and Pacifica, uh, kids in, in New Zealand um, and sort of, you know, looking at somebody like that of um, it just gave, you know, that Māori Pacifica community um a bit of hope that, you know, they can do it as well if he can. So um, I think there's lots of things that, that he's done that he's not even uh, aware of and people that he's, um, you know, affected in a positive way um, moving forward. And I was, you know, part of that generation of kids that did. That's awesome. What a fantastic way to end the podcast right there. I mean, for great, sure. great words right there. Romy, listen, bud, I got to thank you for taking time out of your Saturday morning, Saturday morning. There <laughs> yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. You know, uh, taking the time to come on and uh, chat with Hopi and I, and you know, you're a big part of the game. We've uh, loved watching you so far and I'm sure there's uh, more to come. Yeah, for sure. That's the plan anyway. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Um, you know, it's been awesome. Um, yeah. Really enjoy what you guys are doing. Um, you know, lots of people uh, from New Zealand and over this side of the world um, like to tune into it as well. So thank you for what you're doing also. Good All right, deal. pal. Thanks so much. Best Take care. Take best care of luck that shoulder. Going. Best of luck. Yeah, get that shoulder uh, looked after. Thanks, guys. We'll do it. Eh? All right, okay. buddy. Take, Take care. care. Have a good one. You Cheers. too. See you, pal. Bye-bye. See you. Oh, geez. I hit that pretty early. You cut him off. Sorry, man. <laughs> what a talk. That was good. Man, one of the best players in the in the world today. Yeah. Nice comments from Varmi on him, too, because it uh, says a lot because he has seen a lot of players. Yeah. <laughs> like a Big lot time. of I mean, players. That Gremlins team yeah. is had their fair share of uh, world-class players. I don't know what it was, but, you know, coming into this podcast, knowing that we were interviewing him, for some reason, I thought he was going to have, like, a battle axe voice, like a, hey, I'm Romy. Like, just because of the way he carries himself on the ball field. Yeah. Because he's a pretty, like, uh, mean-looking guy. See, that's funny that you said that, because I picture the same thing. If we were to talk to Brad Rona, yeah, that's what course, I picture as well. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's just that... You, you yeah. see what you see on yeah. video. It's just you know. the intensity of yeah, the yeah. carry on the field. Exactly. But man, that was yeah. fantastic chat. For sure. For sure. Hopefully for sure. that shoulder's not too bad. Uh, he'll be fine, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. God damn it. A um, couple things we didn't touch on because of our re-record. Because of on your the, fuck up. Uh, yeah, let's talk about merchandise. 
we got some merch. Yeah. Prodigy Sports. You can go on Prodigy Sports and, uh, you know, get some get some OTC merch. We have hoodies on there. We have hats. We have shorts. We have shirts. We have Both tukes. guys and girls stuff, too. Guys and girls, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. Women's shorts. Everything. It's, it's a lot. You know, if you're looking for somebody to give a Christmas gift to, you don't know what to get, hey. Yeah, it also helps promote our podcast, which would be fantastic for you to wear around. It's pretty sick. Exactly. exactly. So when you're on the uh, on the website, Prodigy Sports website, when yep. you're doing your order, once you get through all of your selecting your stuff, putting in your card, putting your credit card information, at the very bottom, you have to scroll down and there's a little tab there. Uh, it says order with an obligation to pay. Order with an obligation to pay button. Um, you have to select that in order for your order to be processed. So it's the order with an obligation to pay. Right on. Cheers. Merchandise. Okay. So yeah, anybody that, uh, you know, has gotten some already, appreciate it. Awesome. Promoting that. Uh, yeah, please OTC do. OTC merch. Yep. Definitely appreciate it. Um, the other thing we didn't touch on. Well, yeah, we, you know, we don't talk a lot about it, but fuck we, the World Series. We did touch on it <laughs> quite know, a bit. You but, messed uh, up, though. I didn't mess up. It's yeah. Anyway, somewhere. congratulations, Texas Rangers, uh, which were formerly the Washington Senators in 1961. <laughs> Uh, fun fact, they moved from Washington to Texas, uh, and Washington also had another team, the Washington Senators, that moved to Minnesota to become the Twins. Man, I can't yeah, believe you know that. <laughs> yeah, no, I just saw that posted somewhere, but anyway, congratulations. Uh, it's their first World Series in franchise history, so it's pretty sick. Oh, wait, speaking of fun facts. That's <laughs> not a fun fact. No, you said fun fact. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a fun fact. Go ahead. Did you know if you lived in El Paso, Texas? I bet you it's quicker to get to Los Angeles than it is to the other side, the other side of the state of Texas. Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Fun up. fact. Fun fact. Hey, right, did we talk about the. Oh, we didn't talk about the guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got So do people typically leave by now anyway, don't they? Yeah, I, I either way, just Okay, so I'm doing I'm doing assessments as I've I've mentioned before. <laughs> I'm down in Hubbards, which is uh, on the ocean side of uh Atlantic Canada, Nova Scotia. And I have to go by Queensland's beach, Queensland beach, which is beautiful. Yeah. And it was a nice day. So anyway, I went and did my assessment. On my way back, I had to stop uh, to answer some emails before I went on to my next assessment. So I pull up and I'm sitting in my car or my truck, sorry, and I'm answering emails. A car pulls up beside me. Uh, it's going by me to park or whatever. And there's a man driving the car, glasses, mustache, gray hair, pulls up ahead of me. I noticed he's got wood. It's like a little Toyota something. I don't even know what the name brand of the car is. Like a little small car anyway. It's got like driftwood and shit hanging out of the back, it's like dragging on the ground of this hatchback car. So I'm like, that's a little fucking weird. Anyway, put my head back down, <laughs> answer my emails. I lift my head up and the guy's getting out of the car. He gets out of the car. He has a full dress, like from head to toe, a, a, like a female dress. And he has big boobs, <laughs> but it's a, like a total man head. <laughs> I, I swear to God, like it's a guy with a mustache and glasses and he's just walking around picking up wood. And as I said earlier, when you didn't record it, I didn't know what to fucking do. Like I, I wanted to take a picture, but I felt I was kind of flabbergasted at what the fuck was going on. Anyway, he left. So I carried on. I did my next assessment. I'm in the house with talking to these people and uh, we're, we're just talking, whatever, talking about whatever it was. And, and it turned out that I said, you know, I, a little weird thing happened. I was down on Queensland beach and I saw a man in a dress with big boobs and they go, Oh, that's our neighbor. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> That's yeah. She said, yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, sometimes when I'm up in my bedroom, <laughs> this lady said, yeah. I'll look out my window and he's on the roof of his house, butt naked, putting clothes on the roof. <laughs> anyway, it kind of fucking freaked me oh, out, but Jesus. we're going on a date Tuesday evening. <laughs> <laughs> Does Aaron know? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. <laughs> um, 
that, that's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, that was just a weird thing that, uh, that has happened in yeah. my life. So upcoming guests. Yeah. So next week. Oh, you were. Yeah. Right. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. So next week I'm talking to Haley, Fer- Haley Ferguson. Okay. From, uh, she's the number three ranked player by extra innings for this upcoming 2024 class. Nice. She's committed to university of Michigan. Nice. So going to be talking to her. Okay. Then two weeks from now, I got Johnny Hill. Oh, good house. Johnny Hill is coming Congratulations on. Congratulations on uh, big retirement, Johnny Hill. Yes, sir. So uh, that's yeah, amazing. Got that lined that's up. Great. And I figured you'd. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Enjoy, enjoy that one. Because, yeah. You know, Johnny's man. He's oh, seen it all in the game. He sure has. Yeah. yeah. Another noof. We got another noof on the podcast. Thanks. We actually haven't had a noof in a while, so. Oh, we haven't. No, that's awesome. That's yeah. that's great news. Yeah. Yeah. Figured you like stuff. That. Yeah. So, yeah. Johnny coming up in uh, in two weeks there, and if uh, people want to listen to this podcast, as long as your soundboard works, <laughs> I know it's, I don't know what's going on with soundboard today, yeah. but because uh, it was cold down here. But either way, okay. people, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Hopey, another good one. Yes, sir. With Jerome, yeah. Listen, subscribe, all that jazz. Pray for Kenzie. Pray for Kenzie. Absolutely. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Classified.